Space Station. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Just a quick reminder to grab tickets for our conference, Rebels of Disclosure in Grafton, Illinois, May 13th through the 16th. We're about 70% sold out right now. So I know some people are kind of waiting to grab their ticket, but they're starting to go. So I would recommend you to take advantage of that while you still can so you don't miss out. As always, there are live stream passes available, virtual passes if you can't make it in person. Uh, all that information is available at rebelsofdisclosure.com. And just to go through the lineup really quick in case you don't know who's going to be speaking there. We have Niara Isley, Tony Rodriguez, Jackie Kenner, Lowell Johnson, Lexi Eisenhower, Mason Fury, Laura Eisenhower, myself, Vivian Chauvet, Margie Kay, Brad Olson, Sherry Divband, and Jerry Wills. We have quite the lineup. We're super excited about it. And we hope to see you guys all there. That being said, tonight our guest is Hamish Bartholomew, and he'll correct us on the pronunciation of his last name in a minute i'm sure but this is this is something i'm really excited for this episode today he has a, a youtube channel where he you know he just you, i don't even think you have over a thousand subs yet do you no, no. Uh, those are my favorite channels i don't i don't know how i stumbled across one of your videos and i was just guided to watch it and i'm like i sent it to aaron it was the it was the video the first rule of the ssp or something and mm -hmm. I sent it to Aaron. I was like, dude, this guy is on point with this stuff. And everything you yeah. said resonated. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like you're getting to the real truth, you know, past all this sifting through all the bullshit. Mm. And so I started paying attention a little closer. And then I finally decided to reach out to you. And lo and behold, you already sent us an email in the past that we missed. And uh, so it was really yeah. cool the way we connected and yeah. you've put out some videos since then. One of them, the Intergalactic Circus, which I absolutely loved. And I kind of want to theme this episode around that because mm -hmm. you talk about the hidden agendas and the embedded agents within the online community and beyond, obviously. And uh, there's just so much I want to get into today. And you have, you come, you speak from such an authentic heart space. I can feel it. And mm -hmm. I, and that's, that's why we're here today because I, like, I love that. And there's not many people that are doing that or have the self-awareness to like understand to not get distracted by all the stuff that is put in place intentionally to distract us. So welcome to the show and please let our audience know how you actually say your last name. Yeah. So thank you very much. Um, my family, my family says the last name Bartholomeus, but I imagine that's just because that's how it's spelt. And no one in Australia 150 years ago knew how to read the name one way and say it another. They just got sick of explaining it. So right. it's meant to be Bartholomew, but my family says Bartholomew. So there you go. Right. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for being here today. So yeah, great to have you, man. So yeah, let's just well, dive right in. I, I mean, I don't know anything about your background. And mm -hmm. but when somebody's speaking from the truth, from the heart, it it, it doesn't matter because the I can just tell like whatever whatever your path looked like, like it led you to the right place. So Maybe you can just give our audience and us a little bit of background about how you even got found your way into all this stuff and then what you're doing today. And then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I grew up on a like remote, um, sheep station 
um, in sheep and cattle country, kind of like out in the middle of Australia, not like Alice Springs, the middle, but, you know, the outback, um, outside of a mining town. And family had been there for five generations. So it was just kind of like, you know, this is where we were. And, and that's how I grew up on 100,000 acres. And it was just like my family and my grandparents were there as well. And, and so we grew up rural and remote. And and all that that entailed, you know, like the rainwater and the generator for power, like we weren't hooked up to anything. There was no, you just on your own out there. Um, but I, I always had like, you know, I was the child that had the crazy dreams. Like I had to have the light on to go to sleep. Like I, that's, that's my earliest memories is not so much what happened in the daytime, but what was going on in the nighttime was pretty active for me. And I slept in a room with my brother and he, he couldn't, he couldn't go to sleep with the light on, annoyed him. And so I'd, I'd wait, he's three years older than me. I'd wait until he was asleep and then I'd turn my light back on so I could go to sleep because I knew what was waiting in the dark for me was like, <laughs> so I, I kind of grew up like that at, at the mercy of sleep paralysis and all that other good stuff that we have. Um, and when I look back on it now, you know, a, a ridiculously overactive interest in military stuff and, and all of those sorts of things, but also a real aversion to competition and, and that military style of sports and, there was something about it that really turned me off that even though even though there was also a magnetic attraction to it. So that's the story you've heard before. Um, and it just like life just rolled along. It was I got into being a teenager. We had to go to boarding school. There were no high schools near us. We were doing remote education at home and then went away to boarding school. And um, And at some point in there, I just got sick of being scared of the dark. So I taught myself to not be scared of the dark and and that was that was the transition point somewhere around 13 14 15 where I just went nah I've had enough of this and and made myself be okay with with darkness and nighttime and, and all of that stuff and life just went as normal like I I was always the weird kid I was always a bit strange but I knew how to fit in and um and life rolled along reasonably well until something kicked back into gear around, I don't know, 2007, 2008. It re, I was, I was being as normal as I could, like, you know, but something kicked back in around the high strangeness and the weird stuff. And I started to dive back in and it just felt like home. So I just kept going, like I was doing, getting in through the religions, but then also through the magical stuff and power of intention and, you know, Reiki's Reiki's always the gateway drug. It's like bacon for vegetarians, right? It um <laughs> it gets you back in the door. And so because because the boarding school I went to had a religious angle, I already had a pretty good beam on not going down that rabbit hole because I'd lived it for five years. So I knew I knew what was going on under the surface of that stuff to a degree. So I didn't drop into that trap of prayer and and that sort of stuff. Um and I just kept, I just kept expanding. It was almost like a chaos magic um, pathway of just going, what, what fits, like what, what matches, what matches from South America and from ancient Greece, like what, where's the overlap, what works from both of those, and and what's totally different but works, yeah. You know? So just, just sifting through the rubbish and just throwing away anything that seemed like just a cultural thing or a 
societal thing and just looking looking for the mechanisms, looking for what worked continually. And I just kept going further and further and further down that road. Um, rekindled the idea that I, I wanted to help people because I always did as a young child. Like I just knew I was here to want to try and help people. And at that age in normal society, you're, that's that means you're a fireman or God forbid, a police officer or something like that is your idea as a five-year-old. Like, I just want to help people. Um, yeah. And and medicine, you know, medicine, the idea of medicine kind of left me cold as a teenager. I was like, no, that's not the way to help people doing that. And so I just kept going and kept going and kind of fell into energy healing and like the, this stuff, this unseen world that I was learning to navigate again that had been with me the whole time was actually something that some people talked about and people could work in and, you know, the, the whole shamanism angle. Um, and so I just kept working on that again and again and, and pushing into different pathways and, and finding. And so now I'm, you know, that's what I do now is we're, we're in a town, not in the outback anymore. I'm on the coast, the East coast, and we're living on the edge of a town. Um, but we still homeschool the children because that's, you know, they're happy with that. That's what they want to do. And we can make it work around the work that we do. And I do healing work, shaman work with people. Right. Yeah. That's and cool. so it's, and, and I just, I'm always looking for, you know, how I can blend my own experiences into what actually going on around us. What, what part of my own experience is just screen memory bullshit and what parts are actually real and how does that work at a time depth? Like, what does that, what would have that looked like in ancient Greece or ancient Rome or what we're told ancient Egypt looks like or, or the Renaissance or like how, cause it's all the same energy. So I'm like, well, how does this energy translate to what's written in the Bible? How does this energy translate to what's written in the, the Vedas in India? Like this has got to be the same. We're all humans. We're all in the same space roughly. So I've got to translate. So I'm I'm always trying to break it back to how are other people doing it? What were the stories they were telling? And is it the same energy that we're working with? And I'd really, you know, time and time again, I find that it is. We're talking about the same stuff with different words a lot. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And so you you just randomly decide to start going live on YouTube one day. Is that what happened? And yeah, I got pushed off a cliff with that. Um, it was about the, it's the funniest thing in the world that I'm talking to a camera on YouTube. Like it's the last place I actually really want to be. Um, but a friend, a friend before the 2020 stuff kicked off, um, a friend who's quite intuitive, she, she nudged me into getting onto Instagram because I deleted Facebook and Instagram. I had nothing to do with any of that stuff. And, um, and I was using YouTube to listen to other people at the time. And she nudged me into, oh, I should like, I just think you need a bit of an online presence. You should be on Instagram. You should check it out. And, and so I got, of course, tangled up in the whole 2020 thing and getting shadow banned. And because right. <laughs> I was saying what I thought basically. Um, so yeah, Facebook and Instagram and I have a little bit of history, but I, it was the same thing with YouTube. It was, I just got the nudge. I got the internal nudge. Like you, you need to, you need to talk about this in a, in a wider, like you, it, it's almost like I was hiding in a way. Like I was talking with groups. I was talking with people I knew I was, and 
it's like, no, no, you just need to put that out publicly and just put it there. Like it doesn't matter if no one looks at it. it that's actually the least of your worries or issues. It just needs to be findable so that if people want to find it or they get directed to it, then they will. Because mm-hmm. I know that right. it doesn't matter about who you're following or the views or the if something's out there in the public domain, like a book, a video, a song or whatever, you'll get directed to it if you need to see it. Mm-hmm. So that was, and that's how I operate. Like I don't, I don't think about, I haven't made a video in three weeks. I should do something or man, I've done four in a row. Like if I put another one up now, it's a bit of overload. I just get the nudge. You, you need to talk about this now. And yeah. I just click record and I start talking. And then when I finish I upload it. I don't yep. go back and look before. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful. They're like fifteen minute videos, and you know, to the point. So let's just get into the meat of the conversation today, and what even brought me here. So let's talk yep. about this intergalactic circus, as you call it, uh, because <laughs> it, it actually could be very much viewed that way. And I think that's a proper mm-hmm. it's a proper name for it because mm-hmm. it's like who's who in in the petting zoo, you know? Yeah, and totally. So we, How do you know what to believe or who to follow or what information is correct? What's disinformation? What's what's yeah. an agenda being pushed negatively? Right. There's all yeah. kinds of stuff. But what's legit? There's also legit, real benevolent stuff going on as well. So it's totally you know, it's a bit hard to navigate sometimes. It's it's really hard to navigate. And I think, well, I I taught myself how to navigate it by listening to everything. I just like right. absorbed as much as I could and 97% of it is bullshit. It's just, <laughs> it's nonsense. It's just, but there's always, there's always something, even in, even in the people, you know, that are controlled opposition and you know, like you, you know, everything about them and it's just all wrong. There's still going to be stuff that comes through them for whatever reason. And like the flip side of that, there's two, <laughs> right. Yeah. There'll be people that you love and like or other people love and they're huge. And like 99% of what they say is just spot on the money. And just the last sentence, the last thing that they say or something buried in the middle is total, like it just turns the whole thing in the wrong direction and you're off on a tangent. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a bit like watching movies or any of that stuff. Like there's all this stuff in there, but you've got to, you've got to wade through so much rubbish to find the good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the things you talked about is basically the reality of the galactic presence here on Terra, but also the reality of the infiltrators, I guess you could say the embedded agents and the hidden agendas within the online community. And it's an information war. It's a spiritual war. It's not, none of it's there by accident. And you break it down so beautifully in the video, in the intergalactic circus video, but you, you know, you kind of helping the audience see through the distortions and Mm -hmm. recognize what is what. So, so how did you start doing that? Like how, what did you start? Like what, give our audience an example of like something that like you, you just like, no, this was a red flag. And how did you see through that? You know? Yeah. I guess, I guess how it happened was with the comparative religion stuff event as a start point was comparing all the different religions to each other and going what what's the same here and then comparing cultures to each other and just like looking at the and so you start to see common threads and some of them are not 
like some of them dead ends. They seem like a common thread, but then they go nowhere. Like there's a lot of that that you end up with as well. And the more you compare stuff, the more you find like these pitfalls and these cul-de-sacs and these dead ends, but also the more you find the bits that you don't expect that do connect and run all the way through and you go, oh, look, that person is connected to that thing. Is Like they're all saying the same thing in a different way that all leads you back to Elon Musk or some, you know, some damn thing like that. And so you're, it, it's like, yeah, putting, put, and like I said, you know, doing your, doing your day-to-day thing and looking at ancient history, like in, in my last year at high school, I took ancient history as a throwaway class. Um, and it turned out to be like a pretty good starting point for when it finally clicked, like this idea of what history was, like it's probably all BS anyway, but these books written about the Greeks and the Romans and looking at it and going, yeah, but how would that translate to today? <clears throat> like these guys are still like, some of them are just grumpy old men talking about the youth of today and how they're not, like it could have been written five years ago or two days ago, kind of thing. So, so it's applying, it's the ability to look at something or, or take in a message without, without like downloading it into your whole body, just to kind of take it in and go, how would that apply to me? in my life, how would that go if I tried to apply that energy to one of my children? Like, would that come across as tyrannical? Would that come across as heart-based? Like, how could could I could I use this energy from this message that I'm listening to from the Arcturians or the Pleiadians or the Reptilians or, or someone online who, is there any way to apply this in my life? Or is it just like, mind chatter that sounds lovely beautiful words it's very poetical it's flowing there's no heart in it at all like right. it's clever it's clever but it's not here you can't apply it to your life in a meaningful way and that's, that's a right. pretty that's a pretty good test for what's going on and even the ssp stuff like the stories that we hear from people of their experiences um you know that are lived experiences like whether whether it's a screen memory or whether it's a something they actually went through, whether it was physical or whether it was astral, like that really doesn't matter to them. It's a real lived experience, just like any other traumatic experience could be. And you've kind of got to look at that and go, okay, now can I do anything with that? Like, can I apply that to my life in a mean, which bit of that applies in a meaningful way to my life and which bit needs to be like, okay, we don't need to know about that anymore. Just drop it. It's not, right. not right. useful. It's like, is the information taking me away from myself and give forcing me to give my power to something, yeah. someone or something external to me, and it's trying to like wow me with information or or um, using fear, a lot of fear, you know, behind it, where it's like, it's that's the effect it's having on people. It's 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 keeping them in a state of fear, anxiety, yeah. and um, looking for a savior, frantically looking for a savior or or hoping for some savior to come along with the information yeah. you know is yeah. it doing and that because that's a big big red flag to me if that's all yeah. that's happening with the information but if it yeah. is, is it empowering me is it leading me into myself saying you are mm -hmm. the one you've been waiting for you have the power um exactly. love is the ultimate reality there is nothing to fear that's the green flag if that's what the core message is yeah and and any any information should be able to point you in that direction, even if it's totally false, because it's all it's all in the soup. And so you listen to it and 
it, even if it doesn't resonate with you at all and you can just see through it and you go, this is a whole load of baloney. This is not working. Like it's, I, I'm not buying it. It, it's a it's a distraction even if it's real that's like a false flag right even if it's real real people died this is actually very true but it's still a total distraction then that'll still lead you back to your green flag because you can say now i know what a red flag looks like now i'm going to go in this direction instead like like right. when like we say when when they're trying to get you to look in that direction turn around and look over your shoulder because that right. the direction you should be heading in Right. Exactly. Great point. I'm not saying just because um, that's the story and the information might actually be true. Like that's somebody's actual experience, mm -hmm. but that person themselves, maybe they're not in a place that's very empowering and they're just telling their story from a place of extreme fear and extreme trauma still. Yeah. And a lot of other people just by them putting that out there are going to get caught up in that as well. And that's not the point like that person's not doing that intentionally. That's just the energy that's that's happening from it. Um, but someone that's at a, a higher place in their path, let's say, is mm. going to is going to hear that information, not get caught up in the fear of it, but still not throw the baby out with the bathwater and be like, oh, it's all BS because it's fear. that's the one because it's not like it's like a false it's like a false flag. If there was a false flag and a naval ship gets sunk and all hands go down with the ship and you lose 600 people. Like that's a false flag and it's a distraction and 600 people died. Actually, and died, right. of the 200 people that survived, all their mates died. They're terribly traumatized. That's going to bleed through to their grandchildren. Like it's not fake. It's real, mm -hmm. but it's also bullshit. It's right. a total At the same like, time. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's and also so a trap. Some of it is, so you said like these people that are channeling ETs and like everyone's doing it now. And yeah. like sometimes that you said in the video that they're sharing, that group of ETs is sharing their truth with you, mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the, like the, the truth, truth, right? Or yeah. not even necessarily mean that it's true yeah. uh, in the first place. And because they, all these different ET groups, they all want it, they all have an idea of how they think things should be going down right now. And, exactly. and so this is where we have to learn how to decipher and navigate through the information that's coming in. So what, what do you have to say to that? So, so if we were going to look at this, um, what we're in, and we just call it a, a construct or a reality, right? This, this thing that we're in and, and a lot of different groups have said it's, you know, it's like a pyramid and there are layers or dimensions or Indian stuff calls it locus like that. Is described the same way by a lot of people, and and so these what we're talking about dealing with these angels, these spirits, these um, entities, these ETs, offworlders. They also appear to be like up through the layers, but like particularly so. We're we're operating at seventh density. We're operating at twelfth density. Like we we hear all this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So if the hierarchical thing is true then these things are putting themselves above us or they are placed above us in the hierarchy, which means to a, to a point, they haven't got a lot of skin in the game to actually want to change or make things shift around like we do. Like they're not at the bottom rung down in the density holding this whole thing up with their physical body like we are. So the message that comes through them is going to be very self-serving and it may be beneficial to humanity 
Absolutely. But it's always going to be to their agenda. They're not going to cut their nose off to spite their face. They're not going to, no one in the Arcturing group or the, you know, the Olympic gods group or whatever group want to talk about the Egyptian gods, no one in any of those groups, if they're in layers above us, are going to throw themselves under the bus for the benefit of humanity. That's nonsense. No, no one is going to do that. So you've got to always listen to these messages of galactic federations or no, no, they're the bad guys. You want to deal with the galactic confederation. No, no, they're the bad guys as well. You want to deal with, you know, there's all this right. bloody competing. It's like government agencies all competing with each other and but they will all bow down to the paymaster. So who's the paymaster? Who's like running all this stuff? What's the energy behind all of that that's driving all of these things? Because you look at how the government works and your government is actually, the US government is laid bare a lot more than the Australian or the UK one. You can see this federal government and then all these agencies and even though the agencies are all working for the government, they're all working for themselves and they're working at cross purposes with each other, cutting each other off, doing dodgy deals, trying to put themselves. It's like, it's like a Greek myth, right? It's, it's a bloody mess of all these factions fighting each other. And so that means there's someone at the top that they're all trying to impress and they're all trying to get close to. And that's what I'm always interested in is, okay, so you're, you're putting forward what you think we should be doing. Obviously, having a physical body in this density or dimension that we're in is not the only game in town, but it's very important because we don't hear a lot about humans possessing Andromedans or Arcturians. We hear a lot about Arcturians and Andromedans and Pleiadians coming in here, telling us what we should be doing, guiding us towards our future. It's like, what is it about a physical human body with a spirit inside it that is so freaking important? Because that's where the rubber seems to meet the road. So obviously there's something to do with us as a base or a foundation that really matters to what's going on above us. And these people, these beings, whether they're benevolent or not, they're probably going to sell you any kind of line they can to get you to do the thing that they want you to do. And it's like, all right, I'll make it worth your while. We'll do this thing that's beneficial to you and your family and maybe even humanity as well, but just do this for us as well. And I, I look at it like that because I, you know, I was, I was taught formally by someone for a couple of years in shaman work and dealing with entities, dealing with spirits, dealing with demons. I didn't actually call anything in or do a lot with that because it's not my bag at all. I just, I just bubbed over that and kept going. But the way these things work, the hierarchies and the, like this has been explained down through the ages and they call them demons or they call them jinn or they call them whatever, but this is the same, you know, Elohim. It's all the same behavior. They're all doing the same stuff. And what, comes to you always is they're always doing shit to humans there's something about our bodies and in this physicality with a spirit inside them that is must be super powerful because they're all in here tinkering with us for right. some reason so you've got to just keep that in your head that even though they're all powerful and they're small g gods and they're aliens or whatever angels 
if they're so powerful, what are they even worried about us for? We would be like ants to them. But they always seem to be back here doing stuff with us. So that means that we actually, we're a lot more important than meets the eye, I feel. Yeah, and I think yeah. what we've been described That's a big few, subject. We've been described by a few people as like genetic royalty, if you want to look at it that way. But um, also, it's like, let's just say that, that they have karma as well. And somehow by interfering with us at any point in our timeline, that they're mm. karmically tied to the human race now. And they yep. can't ascend unless we ascend. So they... It's in it. It's helping in their us. best interest. It's to helping help. themselves as well, right? right. It's in yeah. their best interest to help us. Otherwise, they're not going to go anywhere up up this higher up this ladder. Mm. You know. Yeah, that's a perfect way of describing it. And even even if you didn't like the word karma or its connotations, you could just say, "Look, we're all in the same construct. Like they're not out. Whatever this construct is that we're in, they're not outside of it. The galactics are in here with us. The gods are in here with us. Right? Maybe they can get it in and out." I don't know. It doesn't seem like it though. So it's like if we're, if there's an idea of getting out or there's an idea of working it out so we can like get rid of the parasites and get it working and sorted properly, right? we probably all have to work together and do it together. So they are tied to us anyway, like whichever way you want to slice that. And so then, then you look at the behavior of the small G gods or the spirits or the demons or the angels or that ets and it's not much different to humans like if you knew if you knew or you were told that your uh, path in life was tied to the homeless guy on the street like man yeah my path's in, inextricably tied to him what i should do is clean out the garage give him a home there's a bathroom tied to the garage we just we're going to help him out as much as possible we're like even even to the detriment of my family or my unit, we're tied to him. We're really going to help him out. You're probably not going to do that. You're going to walk past and give him 10 bucks or right. you're going to walk past and give him a meal or you've got to keep an eye on him. Like, you know what I mean? You're going to do stuff that is helpful for him, but maybe not ultimately helpful. You're not actually going to do the thing that he needs, not right away anyway. And so why would it be any different? With these beings like right. even if they are all powerful and all seeing they certainly don't behave like it because i pull like my caveat to that is i didn't have any proof for that i always just felt like that was how it was right but when i started doing this work properly and a lot of it was you know energetic removals entity removals implant removals pu pulling out implants but when we pull them out sometimes well i get a hit to say is it is it beneficial to ask who put this there or where does it come from? And if we get a yes, I'm like, so can we be told? And it'll turn out it's not usually reptilian or greys. Like even if they're the ones that put it in, the tech that I've been pulling out like time and again, it's Pleiadian tech, it's Arcturian tech, it's Andromedan tech. And I'm like, hang on, we keep getting told these guys are the good guys. What? Why am I, especially Arcturian stuff, I'm like, why do I keep pulling this Arcturian tech out? Maybe there's a breakaway faction. There's some. And so at one stage I said, so is this, um, I asked the question, is this some sort of off the books breakaway tech that's been stolen or hijacked? Or is this an official program? And I got back, no, this is an official program. 
So oh. what am I meant to do with that? Like suddenly now, now we've got the, these beings that are meant to be helpful, but it turns out that they're perhaps a bit like, like down here, there's a, there's a percentage of them, 10, 15, 20, 30% that are looking actively to help, to progress things, to move things forward. But there's also this huge bulk that are just going along with whatever they're being told. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And in reading the Sands of Time books, the Sean David Morton series we're reading, it's a 40 years in a shadow government. It's this guy's basically personal account and whatever, long story. If it's true, mm. They talk about the Pleiadians, the Andromedans, the Arcturians, and uh, yet I have yet to hear about them in a positive light working with the shadow government. And so, yeah. like we get the we, from all the channelers on YouTube, there there's nothing, there's no such thing as a negative Pleiadian and Arcturian and whatever. Mm -hmm. But reading a book from like firsthand experiences that our government and our military, Aaron's playing uh, book three. Uh, Price is right. Uh, yep. Model. <laughs> um, cool. But but it's it's like uh, they the military groups have a much different experience with these other ET groups mm. than the channelers and stuff. And that doesn't mean anything because maybe it's our military dealing with their military, and yeah. there are positive beings that are communicating with the channelers and stuff. So it's just the whole thing is it's an intergalactic intergalactic circus like it, it is a circus yeah and, and cool. that was the whole like and i you know i put out starting with the ssp video um i put out a couple in a row throwing you know throwing everyone under the bus and then i did a i did an interview with alicia and we did we threw everyone under the bus we went like but but the whole point of throwing everyone under the bus including ourselves because we've all been kind of duped at one stage or another by by something is don't just because someone says they're an Arcturian doesn't mean they're good. Like, don't trust that. Just because some channel or somewhere said we're all ninth dimensional, leaving good and evil the way you do, and we're much more evolved. And it, like, a used car salesman could say that to you. Are you going to believe him? Like, right. just it, it's about having human discernment, you know, in your heart, not in your head. You go, well, this makes logical sense, but something feels a bit off here. Well, so let me feed right. into it. Right. Like what I said earlier, are they putting themselves mm. on a pedestal and making themselves better than you, basically? Like, oh, we're so much better than you guys. So you need to allow us to blah, blah, exactly. blah, blah, blah. You know, is it yeah. coming from that space or is it pointing to the power within you and pointing to the God within you? Because it is. And that's the truth. Yes. And it's saying you have it within you and it's and it's. um helping in that way because that's that's when you know something if you want to say benevolent or not it's um a true enlightened being or a, a true a true master will never tell you they're oh i'm better than you so you need to let me yeah. do everything for you or give your power away to me or blah blah well, blah that, well they don't but they don't yeah. actually tell the channelers that it's all done through deception like, well, it's done in a very deceiving way, very yeah. slick way. So they're not gonna, they're always gonna come across as as benevolent. And that's the thing. Some of them might be like an archon energy working through them. And like like you said, uh, it doesn't really matter who's delivering the message or what the message even is, but how does that information feel? What is the yeah. energy of the information? What is the energy yeah. of the whole thing? What's the energy of right, exactly? Yeah. And what are mm. the what are the core 
principles within that information being being taught. Yeah, and it's if about it, getting if good. Leading you to something external, or is it is it saying that's all within you, and it's telling yeah. you you have that within you? Yeah, and it's about getting good at reading energy because none of us, you know, we live in we live in an energetic suit with bloody electrical wires running through the wall or the floor or the ceiling or surrounded by power lines and phone. Like we're in this energetic suit that's deliberately set up to blind us. Like all of that could be done in ways that are harmonic to the human body, and they're not. They're done in ways that are detrimental to the human body, very deliberately in my mind. So we're in this soup of like a a microwave stew of this buzz so that we can't energetically determine what's going on. And so it's it's about learning how to walk in the dark. It's about hearing a message, having an entity come into your room, having a being come in and not listening to what they say, not listening to who they say they are, not just actually feeling it and going, no, that's creepy as fuck. You need to get out. Like that's not going to work. See you later. But, right. Yeah. Well, it's it's really interesting because maybe some of those people, you know how there's people out there that just like they want to have an experience so bad. All these people around me get to communicate, but I don't. Maybe they're yep. on some level being protected from all. I think them. they are. Yeah, I think they are. And I did like, you know, the vision, the pineal gland and, and the third eye visions and, and audio visual stuff. And it's just... It's so easily hijacked. Like I, I actually just linked on someone sent me it, and it's a fascinating video that I linked in my community thing on YouTube about the not voice to skull, but how you can just remotely how agencies. It's like a it's an easy technology to get voices happening in your house, in your head, in your, and they they're using the power lines. They're using the electric as a carrier wave, and it like the gain apparently. The, as they the way they send it, the further it goes, the gain just increases rather than decreases because of the energetic suit that they're working in in cities and towns and stuff. So it's not even this idea of voice to skull. It's like it's way easier than that in a way. It's more general, more remote. They can do it in outside areas. They can whoever they are. So this idea that you know you saw a picture or you heard a thing or you it's so easily hijacked. Like our, you think about the optical illusions of magicians and stuff. Like our eyes are, our eyes are so easily hijacked. And if the hearing can get, you know, if stuff can just get implanted from the atmosphere, kind of thing, through towers and stuff, then you can't trust any of that. Like I'm not, I'm not going to get in the car and try and drive down to town and back again with my eyes shut. You've still got to use your eyes and your ears, but you can't trust them to deliver you a relevant or non-distorted message Mm -hmm. you've got to you've got to find other means like you've got to get the body involved you've got to get the heart involved and then you know and that leads you to going how clean is my body right how clean is my heart like do i need to do some stuff to get the distortions out of myself so i'm actually a tuning fork that can resonate with what's going on let's talk about what it would look like if somebody was a sleeper agent or a Manchurian candidate. And, and Mm. so the whole concept behind that is if they are being used, even they don't, they get so lost in the story themselves that they don't even understand that they're, Mm -hmm. that they're serving something nefarious potentially. Can can you expand on that please? Potentially. Yeah. So, so if you were, and I mean, this could, this doesn't have to be, you know, galactic. This, This could be, 
in a family, we could look at um, satanic ritual abuse as like this works at all levels. So you, you would start with someone very young and that would be the best. And you would just skew their perception of reality. It's almost like gaslighting, but not in a way to send them mad. You know, And you're just going to keep feeding them this information and skewing their perception of reality about who they are, what they are, or what they're... And, and the information that you're feeding is very specific. And so, and, and they're, they're the ones with the truth. And you're going to, rather than beating them down like ritual abuse, you're going to build them up. You're going to make them feel like, you know, what you're doing is correct and you're going to work on their ego, right? Because then children kind of, children are building the ego. So it's easy to do it at that stage. And then what you do, like if I was doing it, if, if this was me, what I'd be doing then is I'd be giving, I'd be implanting intuitive hits in them that aren't intuitive at all that actually play out. So you you set it up, you know it's coming, or you deliberately orchestrate it, and then you plant the intuitive hit in them that is a total implant, like a screen memory, and then it plays off. And everyone says you're mad because there's no way that could possibly happen, and then it happens. Mm-hmm. And by the time you give someone two or three things like that, they're a psychic. They're an oracle. Like they know what, look, they know what's going on. And if you never tested that yourself to go, so I'm I'm good. I'm a psychic. I'm an oracle. I'll pull out the tarot cards and see what works. I'll try remote viewing because I should be good at that as well. Like you, if you don't ever test yourself in the arena, you just keep getting fed this. You're you're going to end up buying your own story, and you're not. Right. You won't know. Like you say, it's Manchurian Candidate. He in that story, he didn't know he was the assassin. He thought he was who he thought he was, and he had this alter right. personality hidden in there. Well, you wouldn't even need to do it with an altar. As long as you're controlling the feed of information to the child because you're the government. I mean, look at education and media. They're kind of doing this anyway with people all the time. But you're you're either controlling their feed of information because you're the family and you can stop or start what's coming in or out because you've got code control over the child. Or you're doing it from a spiritual, you know, an, an ET point of view. You are. You are contacting directly with them and you're orchestrating things so they would work. I mean, this this sort of story would would fit perfectly in in a biblical sense or in a Vedic, you know, an old Vedic story sense of the the demon who whispers beautiful things to you, builds you up, makes you think you're someone in particular, and then sends you off on the wrong path, doing right. very destructive things, dressed up as follow me and it ends up being follow me off a cliff. Right. Like we, it doesn't have to be SSP. Like we could, that story would work all the way back through all our cultures. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Very well said. And I like what you said, like you, you need to question everything and test everything so you don't get deceived. And that's um, a part, that is a part of sovereignty. When you, when you truly embody your own sovereignty, you don't just, you don't just buy into things easily and you're, you're, a lot harder to manipulate because you don't just quickly give your power away or quickly get caught up in your ego mm-hmm. of things like that where you're like oh wow yeah that must be true because of that you know yeah that resonates that resonates with me so that must you're in your heart yeah right you're exactly. in your heart space and you're not easily tricked by egoic flattery or easily tricked by someone someone else trying their ego trying to get you to buy into i am this and that and 
and even if you are easily tricked, like what you're saying is perfect, Aaron, because it's like even if you are easily tricked, you just have a practice, like a daily practice of checking your own shit. You just get your own ideas and your own agendas and your own, like all your directions and everything. And then imagine you're your mother or your father or one of your siblings or someone off the street and have a look at them and go, does any of this stack up? Like what, does this work? How much of this works? Like what's the, if I was someone from outside of the group looking at this, would I, you know, someone with a heart who's not going to go, this is all just bullshit, throw it away, but actually like look at it and go, okay, this is your experience. This is the direction you're going in. I think that's a bit off. That particular bit over there is a bit off. What are you doing listening to Russell Brand? Like, are you actually agreeing with what he's saying or are you watching him because you know he's controlled opposition? Like it's that kind of thing of just checking your, checking your YouTube playlist, checking your Instagram friends, checking your things that you're saying to other people constantly right. because right. stuff just gets slipped in there all the time and you've got to watch it. Yeah, and and it's right. important to get to a place where you can recognize like you, how it all feels to you. Like we said earlier, like sometimes I'll look at a thumbnail or a screenshot from a video, whatever it is, and it, it'll make me sick. Like I'll get that feeling. I'm like, I don't. I'm not even clicking play, and and the mil, the video will have a million hits, and everybody will love it. And like, oh my god, this is the best message ever. You know what? Whatever. And I'm just like, I can't. Like, I don't know what it is, but if, if it makes me sick, I'm just like, I'm sorry. I just don't even entertain it these days. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's very interesting because I think a lot of people can, you know, I think we're having this conversation. So our audience and everyone listening can understand that this, I think it can happen to anyone. If you're, Mm -hmm. if you're not even aware that it's being done, that's, that's dangerous. So you have to at least understand that this is what the war looks like right now whatever yeah. and you can be caught in the crossfire sometimes and you might not, you might not even realize it so uh in and understanding what to look for whenever you're going on the internet and you're just you're in you just woke up and you're looking for information you, you're not going to really be aware of any of this stuff that we're talking about today and a lot yeah. of it maybe it's meant to be learned the hard way so you can learn those lessons but uh it's very interesting to to see how it's all how it's all yeah. coming together right now. It is because I could have I could have SSP experiences growing up, or even you know more close to home, like now. I, or I could be having experiences with Egyptian gods, or I could be having like whatever it is. And if I'm not going to actually pull that apart as if it's a screen memory hiding something else, like a different reality, and go, what's the energy under this? Like, oh, I was in a I was in a spaceship. I was on an asteroid. Oh, yeah, okay. Is space real? Of course it's real because look, it's it. Yeah. All right. Could, could that thing you've been in actually be a, an office building? Because you never actually, and, and the screens were just like screens, like TV screens. Yeah, it could have been. Maybe I wasn't on the moon. Like, because an office building, the, the military complex you're in on the moon is the same as a deep underground base is the same as. And you were told you were on Mars, you were told you were on, but were you actually? And I'm not saying you weren't, and I'm not saying I wasn't. I'm saying question it. And question, don't question it as if, well, I'm just going to have a look at it. Like really rip that shit apart and go, was I on the moon? Was it just an astral dream experience? Or was I drugged up in an underground base underneath my own city with, with windows that actually had screens? 
projecting you know, what seemed like the outside, but it wasn't actually at all. Like, what did it, what did it feel like that experience? And mm-hmm. that, cause that's what I do. I just pull that shit apart until there's nothing left to find out and what's actually going on there. Yeah. And that's so key because I actually just recently had an amazing, um, Akashic record reading, which I've never had an official one before until recently. And it was only because I was strongly guided to it and it's somebody we're Mm going to be interviewing. So, uh, I eventually asked about one of my military memories, right. Of being at the air force Academy. And when I went there to visit, I had a whole like full body break. I started, I broke down in tears. Like I remembered being there and I remember what went on in this building, this building, but but certain parts of it didn't match exactly with what I was seeing. Like it was close, but not. So I asked, I said, like, I, I just, I'm looking for validation. Is this like, was I taken? Like, how did this memory, where does this memory come from? And immediately she said, I'm hearing from another timeline. And, mm. and I was like, that's what I, I that's been my kind of my whole theory anyway. And that's actually going to be my presentation at our conference talking about how mm this stuff can occur in like pocket realities and time bubbles and other timelines. So even yeah. if you do remember it, that doesn't mean you're going to drive to that location and find exactly what you remember because somehow you're shifting realities yeah. and, mm-hmm. and maybe that's a perfect security system because now, now you come back with the memory, but it's not even from this reality. So there's no, there's no cause for concern. There can't be any overlap. There can't be any, right. like there's, there's bleed through energetically but there's kind of no physical come through at it and so yeah it, it could be the per- and look that parallel the parallel life thing and even like even if we didn't want to delve into parallel lives and we just went well how about how about vertically stacked lives in these dimensions right, like right. how many if if there's a if you have and everyone's got a different word for this but if you've got a highest self if you've got a true self or an oversoul or whatever whatever we want to call that that greater version of you are we imagining that that greater version of you is only operating one warm body in this experience that we're calling reality now or is it more than one are you like is it like a a a team video game like an rpg where you've actually got a team of five or six characters and you can kind of swap in between them or run them all at once and so if that's possible then do you have things running in other dimensions as well as just this one? Right. And then are there parallel? Like how how many bodies could the actual self that is you be operating in one moment and how many are you actually operating? And it's kind of like an open question, but it it makes a lot of this stuff make a lot more sense when you talk about the parallels. Right, it, yeah. Because, because stuff can be going on like, and it's like, well, it's a, it feels like a clone of me. It's like, yeah, but maybe it's not a clone. Maybe it's actually another version of you running in some parallel right. time stream. Right. I think there, I think it's all of the above. And, um, mm. like, like you said, our, our higher self, or you could call our over or over soul is because that's outside of time. Time is a construct within this 3d reality that we're in. Right. And yep. we perceive it as time, like linear time, but, really time doesn't actually exist all exists is the now moment right mm. so that is so it's outside of time like time isn't a factor it's just simultaneously has all these offshoots that it's experiencing having all these different experiences you could say that that all 
Um, and then you say, well, why, why, what's the whole point of it? Well, hmm. the, for what you could just say, it's simply, I think the expansion of itself, of your own soul. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. for its own growth and expansion and, and, and to have the experiences. It, and it's all part of the experience of being here. Like, and it's right. not just, we're growing up thinking it's just, you know, one dimensional, basically it's 3d, but like, there's just, it's this way and that's it, but there's so much more to it. And as, as we remember these other versions of ourselves, that is the expansion, the realization that, wow, this is like, this is beyond what we can really perceive at this current state of our awareness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and whether, and what's going on outside of this construct we don't really know and if we do you know it's probably not relevant to what's going on in here but we get we get the sense that like a lot of people feel like there there's something going on in here like whatever this thing is that we're in it's it's a bit skewy like there's a there's a parasite issue there's something going on and some people um, are very like they're very sure of themselves that they that they deliberately they didn't get trapped in here they didn't get suckered in here they're not trapped at all, or well, they might be trapped, but you know, that's not how it worked. They deliberately jumped in because they're here to shut that shit down and deal with that. And that's not at a, it's just our level, the 3D level that's got the parasites doing the, like, if we look at it, the parasites are like these archons or these, and they're, they're above galactic, like they're past the God realm. They're, they're right. telling the small G God what to do. So it's like right, all right. all layers of this thing are permeated by this parasitic issue and the and the suffering and the pain and the whatever the distortion let's just call it distortion that goes along with that and so if we're here to do anything other than just expand and experience things we're here to cut the distortion out like there's a there's a feedback loop between the electric guitar and the amp and it's fucking awful and we need to deal with it before our eardrums blow out this is not there's some really not good stuff that's going on here and it's not just with us it's like it appears to be all the way through yeah. so so there, there is something you know in this particular little pocket that we find ourselves in there's certainly something going on that that could be fixed or could be harmonized Mm -hmm. or right. just or just even maybe it's not our job to fix it but like mm. i think harmonize is a better way to put it like once you because you're it's all about frequency right so it's you're gonna find frequency. you're gonna find a way to resonate or to to match what it be frequency specific with with whatever timeline or reality you're trying to manifest right yeah and so if you if you constantly are raising and shifting frequencies like the other those those negative frequencies they can't exist and there's going to be, right, well, same. it's going to create distortions, right? And that's what we're seeing. It's a yeah. very complex subject, I know, but. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then there's like, the, there's like the law of one information. I don't know if you're familiar with, which kind of, mm -hmm. kind of talks all about this realm of information, like the really deeper, you know, like certain, mm -hmm. they call it like the service to self path or the service to others path. And yeah. they're like, so service to self, like the Illuminati, the cabal, whatever name you want to call them. And the, mm. and the archons above them and the reptil the negative reptilians they're on the service to self path all they care about they're like kill or be killed you know we're gonna do whatever no matter who it harms we're gonna do it to to benefit us or what they think is benefiting them mm. um and that's what that's like the service to self path but they talk about the higher dent like the different densities and they're mm. like as you go up in the densities um basically like 
the service to self can only go so far because once you get to a certain point, the the illusion of separation that we experience in this so so much so in this third density, right? Mm, just yeah. completely is gone. And you you physically feel what everything else feels. You physically you that connection is so apparent that you you just you have no desire. You only have love. Right? You, couldn't, you only you couldn't have it anyone. Yeah. You couldn't if, if you you don't that desire would never even arise, you know. So so the service itself can't exist at, at a certain point. It can only go up to a certain point. So basically, they're like, so you existing in this third dimension, you have to basically like, you know, move up until, you know, you I guess you essentially kind of like graduate. Or yeah. And not that it's like a working like, oh, I got to please some well, other it's... god or something. It's like, it's you doing it. It's you yourself that are like growing and expanding until you're like, I don't need those third density lessons anymore. I've already mm. gotten as much as I possibly can from that. And then you only will experience whatever you need after that, you know, and then it just goes mm. from there. But yeah. the service itself can't, they, they're stuck. Like if they, and then a lot of those beings supposedly, they are so addicted to, to the things that come along with that. And they're so lost in that, that, they don't want to ascend. Right? They, they want to stay parasiting off of others and yeah. all doing all their things. Yeah. They want to stay. Because there's nothing wrong with service to self. When you look at it, it is right and wrong. The issue with, like, if we're going to put it in that wording, the issue with service to self is it creates a feedback loop. And mm -hmm. if if you're, because the distortion, like we see the distortion outside ourselves, but it's actually in us. Like we, we, we're carrying this stuff in us. We're imprinted with it. We're, we've got toxins coming at us all the time. Like we've got these distortions in us. And that's like, it's the bulk of what I'm doing is helping people to learn how to harmonize their distortions on the fly. Like you can deal with all your past stuff and you, but it never ends. Like life is still happening around you. So it's not just clearing out the old crap, but working out how to personalize that in your own life so you can harmonize those frequency distortions as they happen or even perhaps before they come in. And when you're only deal when if you're dealing service to others, if you're distorted, you'd be putting the distortion out. And at some point you're going to see that you're actually causing the issue and you're going to self-correct. Whereas if right. you're just service to self, it's the guitar and the amplifier. The feedback loop is just going to go and go and and that's how the distortion builds up. So no. I mean evil is right. uh, like the idea of negative or darkness or i i just can't even use those terms i'm like that it, that's not the issue like the issue is distortion and for some people distortion hides a lot better in the darkness but for some people they can't see the distortion that's hiding in the light because you know let, let's look at some bright shiny light things like some of the churches and some of the pop stars and some of the they're, they're shining stars they're bright and they're out there and they're distorted as like mm -hmm. So false, that distortion can hide anywhere. Right. You could call it the false light or right. yeah. whatever term you want to use, but and it's it's not yeah. true. It's not true light or it's not true um, well, that's, of frequency. That's that's a great point to, to bring up because a lot of what's happening right now with some of these, um, with information coming through from these groups, right? It, mm. it, negative, dark, whatever term, negative, positive, whatever terms you want to use, um, I think we're we're seeing a very real manifestation of the false light coming through into these communities. Yeah. Um, and if you don't understand like how to, I don't know, if you don't understand 
that that's possible, then you're going to be manipulated away from your intuition and you mm-hmm. are going to be deceived until you learn that lesson. And maybe it's supposed to happen that way. I don't know. Yeah. 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 That's not, that's kind of not our call, whether, whether it's meant to happen or not, you don't know. But if you see it in someone and you can like point it out in a polite way and they want to self-correct, you can help them. And if they think they're all good, then it's all good. And, and whatever, like you can't, it's not, up to us to interfere in what other people want to do other than just and I guess that was always my view was well it's not up to us to interfere in other people's paths so I'm just going to stick in my own lane and as you pointed out earlier like me starting talking to the camera and uploading it publicly that was part of the whole well everything's getting ratcheted up a bit like the pressure's actually we're getting to this pressure point in the battle or the war or whatever and so you need to be a little bit more proactive about that and start putting some stuff out there publicly for people to find to say, well, look, you didn't ask for help, but if you were having this problem, this could be helpful to you and just and, see what happens. And You're adding like, your voice to the conversation and the collective consciousness. Right. right. Well, and I'm so glad you did because, you know, right now we're having a, a very difficult conversation because if, if people are going to accept that all everything we're discussing is possible, they have to mm-hmm. reevaluate everything that they think that they know. Everything yep. that they Everything. think that they believe in and mm-hmm. including all their experiences. And some of them might very well be real. We're not trying to say that like none of it, it's not all like distortions, like no. some stuff actually happens, but there's like every, you know, this whole satanic agenda, this whole system mm-hmm. is anti-life. And for everything organic out there, they have inverted it and turned it into something to serve their agenda. So there mm-hmm. could be, there could be a real Arcturian group that is benevolent. And then there could be the Satanist Arcturian that, and you wouldn't know the difference because one of them is a false light and one of them is going to be probably more based in reality. And they're not going to be, you know, flattering Mm. you, throttling your ego as much, but still uh, I think for every, there's, there's something they have created their version of everything that exists naturally and they have inverted it. And that's where they deceive us because we we have to question. Like I had an ET phase into my basement. I have no mm. idea if she was good or bad. I, yes. I had a positive experience, but I, mm. I've never been able to question it again. And yep. you know what I'm saying? I'm. It's just we have to just don't give our power away to that stuff. And I know I sound like a broken record right now, but did you have any? No, but it, but it, but it's a good way. It's a good way to put it. Is is like see extra dimensional or whatever you want to call that phase in and you had an experience with her and then she phases out again and you don't know if she was benevolent or not like you can't interrogate it you haven't kind of gone back to try and interrogate the energies you're just sitting with it still assimilating it and going oh yeah okay you didn't you didn't run over and grab her and and try to say you know my savior and fall down at her knees and say tell me everything tell me all the secrets of the And you didn't pull out your nine mil and say, get the out of my basement right now. Like you didn't do either of those things, nor would you do that on the street if you're walking down to your local supermarket and someone popped out of an alleyway and said hi to you. You're not going to hug them and kneel down in front of them. And you're not going to pull your gun out and say, get out of my way. It's a, you know, you're just having an interaction with another being and you don't know if they're beneficial or not beneficial, but you're not going to. You're not going to go home and try and 
find out who that person was so you can go around to their house and abuse them for jumping out of the alley on you and scaring you. And you're not going to try and find out who she is and stalk her on Facebook because you really want to go out with her and have dinner with her. Mm -hmm. Like, And it's the same thing with the entity in the basement, right? Are you going to spend the next five years trying to work out who she was, where she came from, what the message was, or spend the next five years learning magical spells and charms and like guarding yourself against anything coming into your space. It's like neither of those things. It's just an experience and you're going to take it with a grain of salt and you're just going to keep moving and see what happens. Something happened. All you know is something happened that is out of the box of reality we're taught that only exists by the control system we're in. Yep. That's all you know for sure. You That's know? all you know. And just because something doesn't have a body or its body can face through walls or or it seems to have a wider knowledge or perspective than you have doesn't mean they're good and it doesn't mean they're bad. It just means they're different. Right. And right. so you just grain of salt it and you keep going. And maybe it was a blue beam thing. Maybe it was done with sonar acoustics. And maybe it was an actual experience. And I'm like, I'm doing work with people. Uh, you know, we can, we go back down through the linear timeline, which we know doesn't exist, but it's how we kind of spread it in here to make it work. We go back down the linear timeline to look at events or, and, you know, people call that regression or whatever. But, but my caveat to all of that is if we go to like a past event of yours that seems like a past life or, and here you are in Egypt as a queen or here you are as a slave in America, or we're not saying that's true. And we're not saying that's not true. We're just working with it because usually when we work with it, shit gets better. Like this is how we heal you in the moment. So I don't actually care if it's true or not true. As long as it works, let's use it as a tool. And if it's only a metaphor, like if it's an energetic metaphor that we can't quite wrap our head around, so be it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like uh, I think that experiences happen, right? Like real mm. stuff can happen, but it's just important to understand that we know we 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 stop and question every time. Yeah, everything. Stop and question everything, and not like was it real or was it not real? The question you got to ask yourself is what was the energy behind it? Well, and and that's exactly right because what I do with I have lots of crazy experiences, and Aaron knows this. And when I reflect on them, I, well, I don't spend too much time on it. Like you said, Mm -hmm. I don't, for some reason, I just don't marry myself to it. People ask me to tell the story. So I tell it, but Mm -hmm. what I realize is that if it shows back up for some reason, that means I'm supposed to revisit it. Like something will show up again, like that reminds me of it or whatever. And I'll be brought back to that moment. I'm like, okay, there's actually something in this for me. Let's explore that. And then I'll mm. do it then whenever it's showing up, but I'm not just yeah. going to, you know, obsess over it. And no. um, Eric Von Daniken, whether you love him or hate him, he had one of the, one of the best things, what stories he ever told was he had a friend who was having communication contact with ETs. Mm. And he, Eric, he was super jealous because he wanted to have contact. He was like, can you ask them? Can I meet them? Whatever. Blah, blah. He told this whole story and, and the guy did. He in the next time he communicated with these beings, he asked about it, and he told Eric. He said, "They said no. They said that you can't." And and he and he said, "Why?" He said, "Because of your personality type, 
if you if they showed themselves to you, you would obsess over it so much that you would lose sight of your mission here. Right? Yeah. And you right. you would solely to, suddenly become so focused on them and you would stop writing your books, you would stop doing you know whatever. And so yep. they're not like sometimes it will be detrimental for us. Sometimes what happen. you what your ego wants. Right is yeah. what you think is a positive thing for you yeah. is not actually a beneficial thing. And and a perfect way, a perfect way to look at that story is we don't know if the beings were beneficial or not who wanted him to keep writing the books. Like we're not we're not actually making a judgment call on do you like Eric Rondanakin? Do you believe his work? Do you think he was full of it and he was getting fed false information? We're we're just saying that's the energy that was going on. And and maybe they were non-beneficial. And they were feeding him information, but they wouldn't appear to him because they wanted him to keep writing the books he was writing because that fed the, their agenda in here. Like that's on the table. We don't know that that's not true, but it doesn't matter. We're not trying to prove it one way or the other. We're just saying that's the energy of the situation. Right. Like you, right. some people will get caught up in the story and well, it's really not great to get caught up in the story. Right. It kind of goes along with... um ETs, like in the ancient past, as far as I can tell from a lot of these texts, it's mm -hmm. like a lot of what you could call service to self. ETs showed up, had all this advanced technology, and then they were worshipped as gods. And they and they intentionally did that because they knew they would be worshipped as gods. Yep. And they loved the power. They was like they were on a power trip, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because any advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, just depending mm -hmm. on what you're used to, right? Yeah. Totally. Um, well, a more enlightened race of ETs would not want to be worshipped as gods. They want you to realize you you're the same as them. Yeah. Uh, just because we have some fancier toys and fancier technology doesn't mean we're better than you. You know, and we're not gods. Blah blah blah. We're all the same. We're all God. We're all God yeah. experiencing itself, right? Hmm. Um. Well, maybe those ETs that Eric Eric was like going to be giving his power away to, like, oh, you're so amazing. Well, you know, and they're like, no, no, that's not what we're about. You know, that's the oh, last thing we want. No. Yeah, exactly. Same thing, right? Yeah. And when you, I mean, I, uh, like the prison planet aspect, but the distortion, um, I first spotted that because I grew up on a sheep station, like a property working livestock. And, and so you've got to work out how to handle, how does one person maybe with a dog on a motorbike keep control of a mob of 2000 sheep or 250 cows? Like that's, that's tricky, right? You've got to, you've got to work out and, and the way you do it is exactly the way we're controlled in here. It's like the illusion of freedom and like keeping really wide. And then every now and then the dog runs in and it gives the one that can see, can see that you're not actually in control and it wants to run and it'll get away and the rest will follow. You've got to send the dog in to give it a bit of a, and then it'll get back into the mob and behave itself. And, and I was kind of reading the energies of what I was doing, what I had to do to work with livestock. And then the penny dropped eventually. I went, oh, this is what's being done to us in here by our own people. And this is what it seemed like had been done to us in here by these other beings as well. And I mean, it was at that point that I went, oh, I can't really work with sheep or cattle like that anymore. Like I've got to, like how hypocritical would that be? I've got to get out of this. But, but it was, it was seeing that, that method of handling 
and just going, ah, oh, this is this is how you make this work. Like there are two ways to make it work. You can be like in and showing off and doing the hard work, or you can be like really back in the shadows, just like a nudge here and nudge there, and everyone just walks along and they think they're going where they want to go, but mm. you're actually steering them. And you could be benevolently doing that, or mm. you, but I mean, you could tell yourself that you were benevolently doing that. But the truth is, most of those animals would survive in the wild if you just disappeared and didn't come back. They don't need you to guide them at all. That's not what's going on. So we're, like we said before, we're perhaps not the only ones telling ourselves stories to justify these things that we do. Like you could tell yourself a story. If I was just to let the sheep go and find something else to do, they they die because they're domesticated. They don't know what they're doing. And if I wasn't here to help them and I... Well, a Pleiadian could be telling themselves that as well about humans right. or a god could be telling themselves that. So it's like these these beings, no matter how high or the beings that we seem to be dealing with and seem to be in the time depth of all of our stories in here, they behave very much like we do. <laughs> right. Well, they're, they're not right. very... We interviewed a, a girl named Katie Weiss. She's a, she's a channeler and one of the one of the most credible channelers and and mm. uh she said the same thing like she channels a group kind of like the law of one like outside of our game right and yep. basically if like if that being comes off of a craft let's say and look and has a head and arms and legs like they believe in something similar to you because they have the same exact they look the same they're a humanoid figure you yep. you share so many similarities already in beliefs just mm. by looking the same because, you know, and they're not, not that all that different from us. And they're not even better than us sometimes, you know? No, no, not at all. Right. And yeah. uh, they might just have more technology, uh, more advanced technology, but other than that, they're not really. Yeah, right. Different. But, right. but that wouldn't, that wouldn't make them any different to someone from the 1950s landing on a remote Island in the Pacific of people right. who hadn't seen anyone from the outside in a thousand years. Right. I mean, well, I yeah. mean, that happened. There yeah. was a documentary I watched on Netflix in like 2010 or something. It was about this, these white people who went to found some tribe in the Amazon and they mm. had never seen white man before. And, you know, they mm. were throwing spears at him. They were flipping out. And, and the very first yeah. thing they did, why they thought this was important. The very first thing they did to this, this tribe who had been living there for generations was they introduced, they brought, they brought cane sugar. They brought like the sugar, you know, that comes on the stick. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And they brought a bunch of those and they brought Bibles and they introduced religion to this tribe, to this and culture. Crack, and and, and sugar. Missionaries yeah. do that. And, and sugar. Yeah. Yeah. And sugar. And I'm like, and then so the people immediately became addicted over sugar and they were fighting mm. each other for it. And they, yeah. they learned the hard way that these people were actually cannibals in, in some sense. They would actually eat each other if they had to. Yeah. And they were fighting over the sugar. And then I'm like, for, for them to feel the need to give these people a Bible, like they've already connected in ways and, that you're probably never going to connect. Right. And, and they yeah. think they're better than those people. Right. But... So that's us. That's us humans doing it to other humans on our same planet. Exactly. Thinking that we're doing a good thing. Yeah, they they would they would one those people that went in there would one hundred percent think that they're doing the good thing because they're they're spreading the word of their Lord 
and you only when the rapture comes, you only get to go to heaven if you're following that Lord. So they're saving right. their souls. Right. And then who doesn't like a bit of sugar? Right. right? Exactly. And then no. and none of them had any idea like they were completely unaware of the concept concept of the Bible and Jesus and all stuff. I'm like, well then if that's so prominent and if it's so real, that why don't these people just innately know it? Yeah. Why don't exactly. they just innately know about all that stuff? It didn't it never needed to be handed to them. They you found that you know. How could a how could a, a modern human be so tone deaf to doing something like that? And then you look at the ET encounters and you're like, oh, that's how. Like it's possible. Right. Beings beings will deceive themselves and tell themselves stories to justify or legitimize what they're doing or the patterns they're running or and it doesn't really seem to matter what level you're on in here that's that's possible all the way through right. self-deception is very possible yeah mm -hmm. and until you until you grow on your own indiv individuated path you no longer resonate with groupthink and religions and all these hive mind programs Mm. That so many people get caught up in so easily, right? Because you now can see through it and you don't resonate with it anymore. You're right. like, that doesn't, that's not well, attracting me at all. That doesn't, that doesn't feel like many, me at all. How many people have you run into who grew up in some sort of religion, some sort of Middle Eastern religion? I grew up then, in religion. Yeah. Well, and, and they walked away from that and they hit the new age. And then they worked out that the new age is just another kind of religion. So they walked away from that. And right. now they found Jesus because Jesus. Oh, now is I not have the truth. Jesus. Yeah. Now right. I have the truth. Now I Jesus have the ultimate truth. Right. It's so just another box. It, you just jumped in. It's just another box. It's right. just another box. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's people will ultimately looking for purpose and things that uh, don't have purpose sometimes too. Like we're always looking for purpose in life yeah and you can give something purpose that doesn't even have purpose just because we're always looking for that um and that 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 takes us back to people on youtube some of them quite big names or you know their their accounts would make you think that they're quite big and popular anyway whether that's real or not but these these quite big names in the space who are going to give you Mostly what you want to hear, 80%, 90%, 95%, and then slide this other stuff in on you to just kind of distort it and twist it in the wrong, or just a, not in the wrong direction, just a different direction away from yourself and off your path. And and it's exactly the same thing in a way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, right. It's, it it exactly. all shows up in different forms and, yeah. and it turns into cults and religions of its, its own. It's, it's a just cult, not, basically. It's not held in a church anymore. It's held in your couch on YouTube. You on, on YouTube. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's totally the same. Yeah. So talk about cult, but I mean, culture is a cult. It's the same word. Right. Isn't it? So if right. you're involved in a culture, that's a cult to some degree. Right. There's, there's the, the sacred, like God figure that cannot be questioned is like everything it says is gospel truth. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's trying to find meaning in things that are ultimately when you break them back to their base frequency, they're ultimately either distorted or meaningless. Right. And, That's what I was trying to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, so right. let's shift the conversation a little bit because there is a way, you know, you've done a few videos on love, which I, which I love. I love. Um, <laughs> but, and you were comparing it to history. 
because we mm -hmm. think we know what history is, but really history could all be a lie. We don't actually know, but we think we know. And the same can be translated to love. We think we yeah. know what love is. We think we know mm -hmm. what it feels like, but do we really understand the frequency of true unconditional love? I don't know if many humans have experienced that, but um, it's also the energy we need to be in to help all these people who are being deceived and manipulated. And we don't have to demonize them and say, Hey, these are the enemies. Like they're all playing a part. They're all a stepping stone for somebody. They all have mm. something to say. Like you said earlier, like even this most controlled opposition person, they still have some good stuff that comes through. Ironically enough, it's it. everyone has something to say and they all part of their soul has something to add to the equation. So, and, mm. and we can relate through love ultimately and i'll let you take it from there because your videos on love were beautiful yeah thank you um yeah those ones those ones just streamed they came out in a in a big long line whatever it was it ended up being three of them but um yeah it does because we talk about love and i mean english is a fairly horrible language anyway but we'll just use that word you know we know what we mean we think we know what we mean when we say love or true love or with capital T, capital L, you know, or unconditional love. But you think you know what you mean about history and someone says the Dark Ages and then you're like, yeah, but did the Dark Ages even happen? Or did 500 or 800 or 1,000 years just get inserted in there? Well, there's no way that that's possible. Well, actually, there's quite a bit of documented evidence to show that at least 500 years was inserted and called the Dark Ages and it never occurred, and maybe up to a thousand. So when you talk about, well, I see myself in a past life in the dark ages, or the dark ages were this thing, and then the Renaissance came for Europe, and you've got this idea of what you think, and that's that's great. I mean, you, or you've got this idea of what the base on the moon was that you were at, or the, it all, it's all kind of the same thing. It's like, but is that, does it have any basis? Like, do you know what you're actually talking about? Because when we say love, we go, oh, yeah, I know what love is. You no, you know what you've been taught love is. Just like you know what you've been taught history is. But you don't, that doesn't mean you actually know. That just means you think you know. And what if I was to show you love at a depth that would just have you in tears of bliss and like, I, and I could hit you with that in five seconds. And you'd be like, what the hell is that? And you're like, well, that's, that's a taste of actual love. Like, well, I never, I never knew. Like you said, we don't, there's a lot in here where we don't experience that. And, and there's a lot that keeps us away from that. But history is a great metaphor for it because we're just going on what we're told. And, and you know, it's like finding historical stuff for the Bible 2,000 years ago. Firstly, we don't even know that it was 2,000 years ago. Secondly, there's like two books that are non-religious or, or one account that they're using to legitimize and base all this stuff off. And it's written by the same guy that helped compile half of the stories that went into the New Testament and rejigged it all. And, and so you're kind of looking at it going, if this was 2020, if we were at a time depth for 300 years in front of 2020, what would the story be like that was getting presented of what went down in 2020? Who are the bad guys going to be? Who are the good guys going to be? It depends on who writes the story. And the same could be said for the Renaissance. Like the Renaissance was this wonderful thing. 
lifted Europe back up again out of the dark ages and we got all of this knowledge and wisdom and you know, yeah, actually it was this big push of music and education and fine art driven by the Venetians who were probably the Phoenicians from whenever it was before with the big Navy controlling everything through a banking system. And it's like a reset. They told you what fine art was. They told you what classical music was. They told you how to behave. And and suddenly this is what we should be doing because this is what all the rich people are doing. And you have no idea what came before that because it was just the dark ages, right? So it you think you know. And so what do you think you know about love? How And how do you know that? Is it because of what your mother showed you? Is it because of what your father didn't show you? Is it because of your relationship you've had with significant others? Is it from movies you've watched? Is it from books you've read? What's your experience of love and how, at what depth, how far do you think that'll go? Because we look at the culture and we look at the movies and we look at the books and we look at our relationships around us and they're not in a great, they're not in great shape. There's a lot of distortion going on there for a lot of different reasons. And we know that we have a sense that real love, like true love, that, that frequency, whatever that frequency is, is like an overriding frequency that would just harmonize the roughest of distortions. This thing can just go, just right. level the playing field. Right. But we, we don't have a visceral experience of that. We have a, we have like a some sort of awareness that it's possible maybe or we think that's some sort of fairy story and it's not actually real it's just an imagined idea so it's there it's like well we know it exists right and so here's you know just be me being fully transparent i i was uh i experienced a major heart activation in april of this year down in mm. belize and there was this whole incredible story and i dropped into my heart in a way i never even knew was possible and i started feeling things that that for one it actually almost made my physical chest hurt because i was like using my heart in a new way and but i was yeah. everything was beautiful like i i had this newfound love for everything and and it, it was amazing to be in those frequencies and everybody would be like oh my god that has to be great but but no, not everyone else was and no one could relate to it. And they were looking at, looking at me in the moment when I'm enjoying a bliss of this end of the present moment mm. and everyone around is like, they're not at that frequency. So they're, you're like, you feel like an alien to them. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then what I realized is the further, the longer I stayed in that frequency, I started actually getting scared of it. It's like this uncharted mm. territory and you like subconsciously self-sabotage and bring yourself back down to something that's comfortable because yeah. that real, that real love that, that little glimpse of it that I got would require to stay in that frequency. It would require me to maybe even quit the podcast, maybe quit yeah. to, to literally shed so much of my shell of who I thought I was and, and every bit of ego that was left to exist in that frequency. I wouldn't even like be compatible with the rest of life around me. And it yeah. was like, it's such a weird revelation that I had. And like, I, yeah. we always want to be in that love frequency. We want to experience, but it, it's like, if no one else is there, you almost feel mm -hmm. isolated in a way. Totally. You, you, you've almost alienated yourself and it feels so, it can feel so uncomfortable. Like while you're sitting in the bliss and the wonder and the amazement, it can feel so uncomfortable. Like you say, you, you bring yourself back down again and then, and then you say, but I'm here. 
I'm here to do a mission and the podcast is part of the mission. And so I can't, that was just a glimpse of what's possible, but I'm not meant to stay there. I'm meant to be back down so I can be in the world and do this podcast because it's important. And then you look at that and go, oh, did I just justify my own behavior because I was scared of the frequency and right. I didn't want to be there? Like, right. did I did I just give myself a get out of jail free ticket right. and you justify a, it? You tell you tell yourself these stories. Oh, yeah, tell yourself a story. Yeah, right. but then yeah. The, and the thing was is like that I didn't realize that was such a rare frequency to like achieve. Um, even when I intentionally try to go back there, it's not it's not there. Like, I can't reach that moment, that peak where I was at. And I'm okay with that because I'm here on a journey. I'm here for the ride, yeah. you know, and we're doing this. Yeah. But I'm glad I had that awareness. Exactly. But I, I caught myself telling myself stories of why I can't go there. And, yeah. and going there also allowed me to tap into potential that would scare me as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. Big potential sitting in there. And right. and the interesting the interesting thing about it, and and this is like a a little bit of a, a tip or, or hopefully a handy tip for anyone listening is the interesting thing about it. And we call it the heart space and we kind of put our hand here and it's just like a metaphor, but you, it feels like you are dropping into that space and you are there. I, I don't know quite how that works, but anyway, we're, we're energetically going there, but it's like when you try to go there, like when you, when you kind of almost push yourself, like you're willing it to happen, you're, it, that's not it. Because if you're if you're pushing into that space, right. that means there's something in your heart space pushing back to keep you out, and that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. You've created a you've created a tug of war that doesn't exist. You it, it's a it's like a pocket realm. You've created this weird tension going on. So it's more about allowing right. and allowing yourself to drop in deeper. And when you because we're not especially in the Western world, we're not big on allowing like allowing that entity to come into you. <laughs> no thanks, right. actually. Like allowing that person to come into your house, allowing yourself to drop into, like we're we're the anti of that. And that, there's some very good reasons why, and that's not a bad place to be. But when you're working with yourself, like allowing yourself to drop into that space, allowing your breath, like allowing that out breath to actually just drop down as deep as it goes. Maybe so deep that when you go to breathe back in, it won't be there. Right. And you won't you won't ever take another breath and you're gone, but just going, well, I'm just going to allow and see what happens. Right. It's a very unusual setting for us to adopt or posture for us to adopt, particularly in a Western style civilization, but that's, that's the key. And, and that's why I'm so big on working with yourself, not working with other beings because you can't, you can't safely do that with other beings. Like you're not going to allow some other deity, entity, God, ET, like that's just not where it's at. You shouldn't you shouldn't be giving them free reign like that. It's not a great place to be to start with. So work with yourself. And if you can't fully allow yourself in your own space, then you know there's something going on and and you can work with that. But you're never going to throw yourself under the bus. You're never going to end up in a bad place allowing allowing yourself to drop into that heart space more. Right. Just for instance. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And I, and I don't think it's ultimately a horrible thing to allow. Let's say, you know, a lot of people work, energy healers, they'll work with other beings and angels and stuff. And I, I, I sometimes I think the reason we go and have a session, like, because we're all here on this planet, in this reality, 
to all to help each other. You know, yeah. we're here to do it on our own, but we're also here to help each other. And like asking for help is is one we should be doing that. And it's yeah. okay to allow a being that you might trust or somebody, another person. It's all the same. It's another energy. It's okay to allow Absolutely. another energy that you trust to assist you, because Absolutely. people are going to you, and that's no different than going to another energy that we can't perceive. It's but, no different. But you know, so you can. You don't just open yourself up to everything haphazardly. You just no, you have to make sure it's a safe space and you resonate with that frequency and you give permission for that energy. And I think yeah. we're all here to help each other. So if we yeah. can do it and on so, our own. Yeah. Doing it on your own is very rewarding. And there's a lot in that to sit with yourself, face yourself, look in the mirror, all that stuff. But mm. it's okay to ask for help too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that comes back to discernment of who you're going to ask and trusting trusting your gut, trusting your heart of like, no, I'm not going to go to that healer. Uh, everyone says that massage person's amazing. I don't get a good feeling about them. It's not for me. I don't like, and, and working, working with yourself to start with is a really good way to build up that discernment. And then once you've got, once you trust, because this is what I find with so many people and I can see it in myself when I look back is I didn't trust, I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust my own discernment. And so it's working with yourself enough to build up a level of trust in your own discernment. So then you can go out and when you get the discernment of, well, everyone loves that person, but I'm not going there. No one wants to go and see that person, but I think that's for me, like actually trusting that and, and going with it, trusting your own path. Because that's the biggest thing is knowing how to trust it of working with your discernment and there's no there's no way to kind of instantly achieve discernment you kind of you have to walk yourself into it and the safest way to do that is working with yourself right to build yeah. that up right well and you get to know yourself like we're on a path of self-discovery anyway and yeah. we the whole for all of us we for the first however many years of our lives we did not know who we were we mm. we took on an, an and we took on an identity that worked for us that fit in with society, mm. and then that path of self discovery. You don't ever figure out who you are until you do exactly that and you know mm. self evaluate. So, yeah, uh, this has been. Um, did you have something to say, Aaron? No, I just oh. beautifully said, very well said. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I'll say one thing. So. Going back to when you were saying don't force, well, that's that's it right there. That's the key. The second you're forcing something is the second you know you're off track because yeah. the universe doesn't force. That's going, that's that's like the complete opposite of in line with the universe, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a really good book. I don't know if you've ever read it by David Hawkins called Power Versus Force, where he he goes all in depth into that. True power, what true power is and what a lot of people yeah. think power is that's force. That's that's a false version of power. It's not power. It's yeah. actually the opposite of power. It's the opposite of power. Yeah, the exact opposite. But a lot of people they think they have to force, force, force everything. Yeah, and uh, you know, true power is allowing and is getting in line with the divine, with the universe, and mm. then moving from that space. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's true yep. power. And that's true love as well. Love. It's, and power it it is true love. Yeah, because it's it's like it's um it's intimacy and it's vulnerability. Like that's true power. Like if you can be totally intimate with yourself and vulnerable, and then you can be like like you were just before, Tyler, like actually very intimate and vulnerable about an experience that you had, like that's the power play. 
because you're going to do that knowing that that that's not diminishing you at all. That's actually empowering you and nothing can, you can relay this story to people and right. well, the, and that, the, that's actually an empowering thing. No one's going to cut you down or, and even if they tried, it doesn't matter because you're actually stronger than that. So that, you know, exposing yourself like that, that's, that's the real power play. And well, and the, right. and the long list of things that I learned from that experience and then I'm still learning, like it, you can't trade that for anything. You know, and and I it, it's beautiful in that regard. So, yeah. um, this has been quite a deep, interesting, beautiful yeah. conversation, and uh, probably trigger some people, I'm sure. But it's okay. Uh, that's we're what it's all about. If, if we're not triggering anybody, then we're in an echo chamber, and you know, yeah, exactly. What, what good is that either? So, if you're if you're <laughs> right, if you're living your truth, you're going to ruffle some feathers, no matter no matter what. You know, yeah, and yeah, and I. <laughs> And like you need to be you you honestly need to be listening to probably like thirty percent of the stuff you're listening to. You need to not agree with at all because you just right. got to be like right. checking yourself against it all the time. Right, right, exactly. and and that's a great reminder is that you know even when you think you're not programmed or running on a program, you are. Like all of us on some level are being deceived or something like we're not better than anyone else. We're not doing this episode to sit here and say that we've achieved some sort of enlightenment and you guys need to listen to us. Like we're learning, oh, the hard no. way. We, we're learning the hard way all the time. And mm. like, you know, just because I think I might have learned a lesson or figured something out, doesn't mean I can't be distracted and slip right back into that same frequency and something yeah. might happen. We have to just constantly be navigating these times and seeing through the distortions. And that's why, but that's why we had this conversation. So um, can you please let our audience know how they can follow you and where they can find you? Yeah. Okay. So I, um, YouTube is just under my name. So Hamish Bartholomeus or probably Hamish Bart would, would find it there. And I'm on Instagram as well. I think probably Hamish Bart would find me or Harmonic Balance is the name of like the work name that I go under. So they're the two places where I, kind of have a public presence is YouTube and Instagram. And if anyone wanted to email me, I don't know if we want to put it in the comments because I don't have a website. I had a website and I dropped it because I wasn't getting any traffic from it and it just felt it just felt out of alignment. I was like, no, this is not the way to do it. So I've just got an email and if people want to catch up with me, they either track me down on Telegram or or give me an email if they want to do some work. Yeah, we'll put that email. We'll put all that in the description. Um, cool. Yeah, but thank yeah. you so much. This was This was great. I yeah, really enjoy it. Thank, thank you for doing what you're doing and putting your putting your videos out. And you know, it's really interesting the, the difference between interviewing you and watching your videos because when you're when you're doing a solo video live, you're channeling. Mm. You're channel you're channeling in a different yeah. way. And the information yeah. comes through completely differently than it does on, while you're being interviewed. So I recommend yeah. everybody go check out your channel and feel into the information. Go watch the the intergalactic circus video and the first rule, of the SSP video and the videos on love, the stuff we covered today. And you're going to, you might get an entirely different message just from watching them separately, aside from just listening to us. So yeah. there's a, there's a different frequency there. So I really, uh, that's interesting. And mm -hmm. I appreciate that, but yeah. Um, yeah. I would, I would, I would add to that, that in some way, everyone's, everyone's channeling all the time. Right. Um, some degree, like they're channeling themselves or they're channeling who they believe they are, or they're just depending on where they're at in the day or the, or the week or the, the moment. So it's like, 
um, I listen to people's videos and voices like I'm listening to music, trying to pick out different instruments because there's always there's always a frequency coming through somewhere right. that you can pick up. Sometimes it's not even the words; you're just you're just picking up on the vibe. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what you can exactly. look at. You can look at somebody sometimes and know what they're saying without them even opening their mouth. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And and that's a great tool to have, and it's a, a BS meter, I guess you could say. Totally. Yeah. Um, right. Like, don't yeah. even, don't even necessarily listen to the words they're saying. A lot of times, like you said, feel into mm-hmm. the frequency that they're coming from, and the mm-hmm. and the frequency of what they're saying, yeah. and the tone yeah. of the voice, and all all like, um, the things, everything else but the words. You know, basically. Yeah. Everything else but That's the words. Where you'll, You'll get the real truth. More the words, than, yeah. are, the right. words are where the manipulation comes in, and the spell right. casting. Right. Like, exactly. Totally. Totally. So it's great to do that. It's great to do that with people that you might think are a bit questionable, like or or you know, like you already know that there's something going on with them because then you can really see the chalk and cheese of like, I know what they're saying, but now what are they actually? What are they actually oh, saying? What's actually right. out of them? So, right. so there's this, uh, this reminds me, um, Dr. Charnel interviewed this guy who does reverse speak and he'll take like, he'll just take mm. an interview and he'll put pl- our presentation or whatever it is from that person, the audio clip and reverse it. And that, and the person will always show their true colors when you reverse the speech. Wow. And so That's it's cool. a way, it's a way of, if you can't really like hone into that intuition yet, it's a good way yeah. to like vet people. So some people like, it, it they'll, they'll use words like if you play something backwards they'll eat subconsciously somehow they'll say words like like scam deception deceive fraud like it comes through in the weirdest way that's possible that's so cool and it's yeah. scarily accurate from what i can tell from things i know and then the, i heard the reverse speech on certain i'm like wow that's <laughs> you've opened up a whole new rabbit hole for me that's brilliant uh david oates uh so he he was on coast to coast back in the 90s like he's the one that developed this and i believe he's australian as well actually so ah interesting yeah Yeah, because i've heard the reverse you know i've heard the beatles and all that stuff reversed and i'm like yeah well that kind of makes sense like but i haven't it takes training to actually really know how to hear it and listen to it um but the people that he's done were some very big names in the community and stuff. And it's very telling and accurate. And, and it's amazing too, because there, you can do the people that the good people too. And, and it's, it's almost beautiful. Like, wow, it captures it. Like somehow when the energy is there, you're saying things without even saying things that, you know, you don't realize you're saying like, it's the weirdest thing. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like a, it's a frequency thing. So the frequency you're reading, the frequency reads true forwards or backwards, but right. you're getting hypnotized by the words right. when it's forwards. So you've got to turn it around and make it like Mandarin. Like you can't understand what's being said, but the frequency is going to come out no matter what. Right. Right. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, thank you so much mm. guys. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to us. Just a reminder, grab a ticket um, before they run out for the conference. Live stream tickets are available if you can't make it, rebelsofdisclosure.com. And if you missed our most recent webinar on our Patreon, the Q operation, it was four hours long. I don't know how we did it, um, but we did. And it was really, it's getting some great feedback. And if you don't know, if you don't really understand what took place during that time, uh, we kind of covered it from all angles and we included time travel in that as well. So it was really good. It's a deep dive. Yeah. It's a deep dive. dive. And uh, 
yeah so you can find that link below patreon journey to truth patreon and uh yeah thank you so much this has been wonderful and have a great evening everybody Mm. and good night thank you so much for having me yeah Yeah. thank you absolutely